0: Well, it seems everybody knows what to expect from Jerome Powell at Jackson Hole tonight. He's going to be uber hawkish and some positive data overnight will add to the hope that the Fed can navigate their way through the inflation shock without causing a recession. Yes, that is what people believe in the United States. That's presumably why equities are doing well again today. I don't think anyone believes that's the case in Europe, though. So were there any clues from the ECB minutes about how they're going to tackle the issue? Or is it, as we were talking about yesterday, an issue that monetary policy just can't fix? It's Friday, the 26th of August, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, US equities are on the rise to, again today. The Nasdaq closing a stonking 1.7% up. The S&P 500 at 1.3%. The Dow is up 1%. A little less excitement in Europe. Shares on the uh, Eurostox 50 are up 0.2%. The DAX is up 0.4%. The Cat current closed down a bit. The FTSE 100 just 0.1% higher. Uh, in the US, is big tech leading the charge. I, I mean, at one stage, Google was up 1.9%. Apple up 1%. Amazon up 2%. NVIDIA up 2.7% and AMD up 3.9%, so a good day for chip manufacturers. Bank's doing well as well. JP Morgan uh, climbed 1.7% in the session. Uh, Tesla down 1.6% to a 52-week low, but that is a lot of that is to do with the stock split that they're going through. And the US dollar has actually lost a bit of ground this morning, down 0.2% on the DXY. That's not helped the euro, though. Uh, it's still below parity, below 99.7 US cents. Uh, the pound is up a quarter percent. The Aussie dollar has gained almost 1%, very close to getting back to 70 US cents and the yen has gained half a percent as well. Bond yields today are falling, down seven basis points for 10-year treasuries, down eight for 10-year gilts in the UK, uh, down five for 10-year bunds in Germany. But Aussie 10 years up four basis points at the end of the day yesterday, up to 3.67%, up another couple of basis points on futures since then. And oil is falling, which is going to be upsetting OPEC. Uh, Brent is back down below $100, falling 1.2%. WTI has lost 1.9%. Dutch gas, though, ever higher up over 320 euros per megawatt hour in this this session there seems to be no stopping it every day just keeps on adding to it taylor Nugent is with me today from nab in melbourne so here we are a day out from uh, jerome powell's speech well actually tonight aussie time at jackson hole it's being billed as being uber hawkish but look at those equities up on the rise again uh you know, they certainly don't seem to be worried about rate rises do they
1: yeah, certainly some some interesting movements overnight, and very much still in a in a wait and see mode ahead of um, ahead of Powell's speech at Jackson Hole uh, this evening our time. Um, and I, looking at the the price action today, it really looks like just kind of a, a bit of a, a pullback from um, what we've seen over over the last week. So those ten year yields are are a bit lower, down eight eight basis points, and unwinding some of the um, the recent move higher, but still above um, three three um, percent on that ten year yield, and then in, in In the kind of shorter end there's been much less movement with the two-year yield holding up much better as market pricing for that kind of near-term rate path by the fed has has stayed intact um and then in in equity markets a a little bit of a a move higher um, over the last 24 hours as you mentioned um but in the very much still kind of you know, low low trading volumes, and and um, you know, can characterise it just as as treading water ahead of ahead of the the Jackson Hole speech. Largely, I think, even though there are some some movements.
0: It is curious, though, isn't it, that uh, we've got, you know, rates are going to go up and then we've got quantitative tightening as well from September, 95 billion a a month. Uh, So, you know, that's money out of the economy. Uh, I would have thought, you know, that would impact liquidity and that would be bad for equity markets. But, hey, as you say, light trading, isn't it? So it's just a bit of jockeying for for, for position, I guess, happening today. But on, on those bond yields, I mean, we are quite a bit below the peak in June but also well above the lows. So, I mean, is the market sort of like assuming a happy medium that the Fed, you know, they're going to continue to hike aggressively, but they're not going to trigger a recession in in, in the short term? Is that where the market is at the moment, do you think, in the U.S.?
1: yeah well i think certainly with the with the movement that we've seen over over the last week or so that um that kind of near-term path for for rate hikes has moved more in line with what what fed commentary has been and we certainly got kind of a, a cast of um fed presidents over the last 24 hours kind of repeating the the recent hawkish messaging from mm. from the fed um again you know focus very much on on what powell says um tonight so not doing too much to to move the dial um Further, um, but certainly consistent with that kind of move higher in near term pricing that we've seen. Um, so the Kansas Fed's George said that there's still more room to go, um, and she thinks um, you know pushing back against you know potential expectations that the Fed could start um, cutting quickly should there be signs that activity is is weakening. Um, saying that I think we'll have to to hold, and it could be over over four percent that they do need to hold while they wait to see that inflation is is you know coming down um, credibly um, and back to their 2% target and you got similar messages out of out of Bostick and the Philadelphia's Harker um, and th- the Feds, um, Saint Louis Fed President Bullard, as well, all saying kind of similar lines that rates need to go to kind of you know at least three and a half, four, um, and then you know hold there while they while they see the inflation data come in. Well, there's a very
0: good point made in the Wall Street Journal this week, wasn't there? That you know, if it was a question between going too hard or going too soft, he's going to get go, Jerome Powell is going to go too hard, isn't he? Because uh, he, you know, if he was to go too soft and allow inflation to spike higher, that would be seen as Institutional failure. I mean, they have a reputation to think of. So they're, they're going to go harder rather than soft on it. Just on that point. Let's look at the, uh, let's look at the data that's around today though, because there was a bit of it overnight. So, and this seems to be happening quite a bit lately, doesn't it? Where we get the second estimate on a GDP period and it's been revised. So uh, for Q2 for the US, uh, minus 0.6% instead of minus 0.8%, which is where it was in the first estimate. I think higher consumer spending, uh, has been uh, largely responsible for that. But of course, you know, that's, that's a minus figure. Misleading, isn't it? Really, because I mean that would imply recession. There's probably better numbers to look at because obviously employment is 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 very high. So you know it's, these are not recessionary times.
1: Yeah, that's right. So it's still very very difficult to um, you know make too much sense of the um, the data flow in the U.S. at the moment because there are some tensions there. So as you say, that GDP estimate in the second estimate revised um, up to minus zero point six from from minus zero point nine. Um, and that follows that negative print that we saw in Q1. So meeting that kind of two quarters of negative growth technical definition that some people like to use for a recession indicator. Um, but the strength of the employment backdrop is is really at, at odds with that. And we saw kind of another hint of that overnight with initial jobless claims coming in a little lower than expected at 243,000 from a, a downwardly revised previous number. Um, and so, yeah. you know, it even looks like that kind of uptrend that we were seeing from those april lows in those in those new jobless claims maybe starting to flatten out as well it's still very very low levels um, and so certainly no signs of, of weakening there. And then the other the other thing adding to the confusion in the in the level of activity in the US is alongside that um, second estimate of the GDP number. We also got the first estimate of the GDI number, which is the, the gross domestic income read, which is theoretically equal to the, the GDP measure that which that looks at. Um, expenditure um, that has been running quite a lot stronger than what's implied by that yes. that expenditure estimate. So that number came in at, at plus plus one point four percent quarter on quarter after a, a plus one point eight percent in in Q one. And so two two quarters of reasonably. Um, strong growth there against the two quarters of negative growth seen in GDP. And so that kind of holds out hope that, you know, once all of this is, is said and done and we get through the kind of more substantive revisions coming up in October, that those negative prints in, in GDP may end up being being revised away. Um, but certainly, yeah, right. that that revision that we saw in the data overnight driven by um, an upward revision to that consumption number in the second quarter, which was largely already flagged by other data, including retail sales, so not too much of a surprise there. Right.
0: So if you don't like the GDP number, take the uh, take the GDI number. That's much more positive. Uh, so, uh, ECB Minutes, they were out as well, of course. Uh, isn't it curious that the markets and the ECB, you know, expect Europe's approach to interest rates to not be as aggressive as the US, and yet they have a, a far bigger issue, obviously, with uh, Russian gas pushing prices high. I mean, a, a far bigger inflationary uh, issue but I guess I mean that's the, the reason as well isn't it that you can't push too hard when you 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 really are facing a recession uh, and, and a lot of hardship within this coming winter so this, so there is the question about how hard is the ECB going to push did we get any clues from that in the minutes?
1: Uh, look not not too much in in addition so those those minutes for the for the July meeting um, did say that kind of some members prefer, preferred a, a smaller 25 basis point lift off um, similar you know to to, um maintain consistency with that earlier guidance but a very large number did support that that larger move um but you know you'd have to say that the account has really been taken taken over by events at this stage with the movements that we've seen in in energy prices in europe and in in gas prices with that um that benchmark natural gas futures moving another 11 percent higher um in the last 24 hours um and so that, that inflation challenge that is there for the ECB is certainly front and center. And there maybe were some hints that they wouldn't wouldn't be prepared to to blink if they did see softening in activity, noting that kind of even a recession may not be enough to um take out some of those risks in the in the inflation outlook. And I guess that just speaks to, you know, the challenge that the ECB is facing with so much of this being kind of a, a supply driven Energy shock, um, which you know, central banks aren't aren't all powerful, and there's only so much they can do in terms of you know smoothing yeah, aggregate demand around. management. Um, yeah. There's no there's no silver bullet there, and so a slowdown in activity very much necessary, and it's a it's a question of how much that real income shock does the heavy lifting yeah. for them in terms of seeing yeah. that, seeing that activity. So fall. I
0: mean, a line from those minutes, even a recession would not necessarily diminish upside inflation risks, especially if it was related to a gas cut off, which we may well be about to see. A of course. Uh, but I mean, the expectation is now, isn't it, that there'll be uh, 100 basis points over the next two meetings. Although, I, I mean, some people are saying, well, no, actually, there seems to be a sort of common belief that it's going to be 50 basis points at the next meeting, but maybe they'll hold off uh, because of, you know, as we as we go into a winter, which could be quite a disastrous winter for the people of Europe, that maybe they'll hold off until spring. We'll have to wait and see, I guess. Uh, look, uh, let's go to New Zealand very quickly. Uh, th- those retail sales numbers yesterday, they were a bit of a surprise, weren't they? I mean, expectations were well off the mark.
1: Certainly, yes, yes. So some some pretty weak data um, and a, a big downside surprise coming out of those second quarter um, retail sales data for the U.S. with, with real um, – Retail sales falling 2.3% in the quarter, much weaker than the consensus for plus 1.7%. Um, and that's despite kind of some boosts coming out of some Omicron impacts in, in the first quarter. Um, and so while expectations are still for a positive GDP number for, for that second quarter, helped by some of that recovery from, from those Omicron impacts, it certainly is kind of a signal that that, um, that consumer spending backdrop is, is weaker than, and may have been expected um, and certainly kind of it, it looks like there is some um um, some pass-through already happening from that kind of down cycle they're seeing in the in the housing market as as the RBNZ yeah, yeah. has moved quite the quickly. Effect, on the
0: wealth effect, isn't it? Because it's big-ticket yeah. Yeah, it, big items people haven't been buying, so you know, they're not feeling quite as wealthy because their house has gone down in value, so they're not going out to buy a new fridge-freezer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it sort of stacks up, doesn't it? Look, Governor Orr from the RBNZ, uh, he's the warmer pack for Jerome Powell. Well, uh, quite a few hours before Jerome Powell, but he's one of the first people <laughs> speaking at Jackson Hole today, so that'll be interesting. But, I mean, it is all eyes on what Jerome Powell has to say uh, tonight, doesn't it? Before then, uh, we get the US PCE deflator, which, of course, is the Fed's preferred inflation measure, uh, which might not be quite as bad because oil prices, of course, have been falling. But we also get the trade balance for the US inventory estimates and the final Michigan consumer sentiment number as well all released today. So there's there's a bit of data around
1: yeah yeah so a, a fairly full calendar overnight especially for the us as you mentioned um, rbnz governor or speaks um early this morning um in in our time zone um and so you know, likely to remain consistent with those messages out of the out of the NPS. Just just recently from the RBNZ that there's more tightening to come um, in in the near term. Um, and then you know, it really is all about all about Fed chair Powell. And um, you know, probably it's going to be difficult to get too much to resolve the kind of immediate conflict between is it 50, is it 75? Um, you know, one one Fed speaker overnight called it called it a coin toss, and it really will be that employment data and especially the CPI data that's out ahead of the September meeting that that helps um decide there but in terms of that that path further out that will be closely watched the quantitative tightening um question as well any hints there about how that will evolve with that kind of getting up to, to full speed of 95 billion a month in in september as well so any hints around that um, will be will be watched with interest, um, and then in yeah on the on the data flow, So the PCE deflator um, not not expected to contain any new surprises on top of what we've already learned from the CPI coming in at zero percent month on month on that headline number, helped by um, gas prices and a, a core number a little bit softer than it has been recently at zero point two percent month on month is is expected. Um, but also out of that release, we get kind of an updated July read on on how consumer spending is faring as well, which will be important to kind of Keep keep hopes alive. that the Q three rebound in in GDP is in train. Yeah,
0: well, I think on the tiny on the quantitative China, I think they're going to suck it and see, aren't they? Because until they do it. Not sure they've got a clear idea of what the impact's going to be, so perhaps there uh, it'll be a bit too early to get too much uh, said on that just yet. But we shall see. Uh, good to talk anyway. Good to have you back on again, Taylor. We'll catch you again very soon. Thanks. Thanks, Phil. It is interesting, isn't it? How much is being placed on what Jero uh, Power is going to have to say tonight, and yet he's not expected to give away any specific guidance. It's just going to be sort of like you know the implications of what he says, the facial expressions, perhaps. Not that he ever gives anything away with his facial expressions either. So can we expect much? And anyway, we will all be watching, and that is. It for this week on the morning call. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Back again on Monday morning. I'll see you then.